You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? RGHO here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is over wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you are ready for the schedule. That's right. The 2022 NFL schedule comes out this week. We'll have a lot of content available for you surrounding that at bloggingtheboys.com, on the Blog on the Boys podcast network, and here on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel where we are live because it is Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central Time. We go live every single Tuesday for our Blog on the Boys roundtable. You can watch it both live or after the fact, and you can, of course, listen to it on our podcast network. Joining me for this particular roundtable is two beautiful baritone voices that you can, in fact, hear all throughout our podcast network from all the way across the pond. It is from the UK Cowboys contingent, Paul Stewart, on Twitter at Stew. At our 6 o'clock position, it is the one and only, the old guard of blogging the boys he watches over the wall nobody passes through it it is tom ryle on twitter at tom ryle btb we may or may not be joined at some point throughout the round table by danny phantom here um if he you know comes in cool if he doesn't hey you know you'll sweat off our back uh tom do you consider yourself kind of the um the the night's watch of blogging the boys yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of sleep. You know, I do have I do have the military background, and that's kind of my thing to watch over the ramparts. You are uh, you are our John Snow, needless to say, uh, surrounded by a bunch of crows. Paul, uh, you had a very busy week last week. What with the international games being announced, and now you've got a lot of plans uh, as far as what's going to be happening over in your neck of the woods, as well as to visit stateside and check out some local Cowboys oh, yeah. games. Um, you were you know knee deep in draft coverage as well. Do you feel like you've been allowed to take a breath for the first time in a few months? Absolutely. I'm. As much as I love the draft process, I'm just so glad it's over and now we can actually watch actual rookie minicam OTAs actual football and everything Cowboys related now so not thinking about players that potentially be Cowboys we're actually thinking about the actual Cowboys now so I'm all happy about it you know I am upset with the Cowboys Tom because they have not released the jersey numbers for this year's rookie class every other team's you know <laughs> dropping them out I know. I'm, I've, we've been waiting. Their rookie mini camp, the Cowboys rookie mini camp, gets started on Friday. We'll run through the course of the weekend, so we'll have a lot to discuss. Obviously, once that gets going. But in the meantime, we're kind of wandering through the content wasteland, uh, where we're just kind of hitting refresh, <laughs> wondering when the Cowboys are going to ultimately announce these jersey numbers. Tom, um, are you like me? Are you part of the old guard when it comes to jersey numbers that hates the new? way that things work i hate this i like Kayvon thibodeau for the new york giants is going to wear number five that's the dumbest thing in the world i i don't have the the attachment to it i i, well, I then you're of, wrong yes i i am glad to be wrong on this one but you know i just i it doesn't bother me it's it's the number as long as i can kind of have a feel by the first week of the season who's wearing what i'm happy so i'll know who's out there uh, which is always, you know, especially when they get to backups in there, I'm always going, who is that? What, what's that number? Who is it? Where's that? 
But uh, yeah, it, it doesn't really bother me. And I don't know. I, I, you know, like I think Micah Parsons looks sharp in eleven. You know, <laughs> Tom. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Paul, uh, Rex Morgan says in our chat, how about you pick up the guitar behind you and play us a minicamp song? Can you play the guitar? Uh, yeah, I can play. If you want some heavy metal variety, I do play a little bit acoustic. But Ooh. You know, um, so everybody knows when we um, when we started the World's Team, the show that Paul co-hosts with Meg Murray, although she was absent last week, um, you know, yeah. I said I, I sent them a bunch of samples. I said, hey, here's some some samples for intro songs, outro songs, whatever. Paul, no, nah, this isn't going to work. No. Nah, not i need heavier i need more metal i need heavy 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 uh, so i had to dig deep in order to find it uh kind of like we're digging deep now tom th this is a, a weird week where there isn't a lot going on so uh to be frank with the viewers and listeners we don't have a rundown we don't have anything on our minds you know specifically unless you and paul do that's you guys are here to make the show so tom what what cowboys thoughts are on your heart on your mind things that you just are thinking right now they could be good they could be bad they could be questions general wonderments um you know this team is is largely constructed right like we have i think they have 91 players on their roster actually after the uh the, the waving of shewo olanilua last week and so who this team is going to be this season is largely going to come primarily going to come ultimately basically going to come from the players that we have to look at right now so how are you feeling about that tom well you talked about general wonderments and i'm wondering why on the dallas cowboys uh website under the team roster Deron Bland does not have a position listed. And Ooh. it makes me wonder if mm, they're... Reggie Robinson 2.0? Yeah, which is not a good sign for the young man. Uh, I I kind of hope they just, you know, go ahead and let him play corner what he knows. I mean, he, he's going to be a special teams guy if, if, if he makes the roster. He's far enough down the draft list that, he, that that's not even guaranteed. You know, you, you know the Cowboys are not going to cut one of their their first through fourth round picks, but when you get into the fifth round, it's getting a little shaky, and it's possible they could try to sneak some of those guys onto the practice squad or something. So I see that, and I'm just going, eh, let's not go that route again. I, I just hope that they don't try that kind of an experiment once more. And now look look at look at him switching to safety and turning out to be a revelation just because what do i know paul um that would be annoying wouldn't it if the cowboys immediately again in case anyone doesn't know that's what they did with reggie robinson he's a corner safety where, where they're going to play him whatever this and that they did it with byron jones who was obviously far more talented uh no disrespect to, to reggie robinson or Deron blaine um that would be very classic cowboys to be like you know and there's there's that there's somebody every year cheetah bay Wuze, jordan lewis i mean somebody somebody's gonna get snaps at safety um so why not deron bland why not go down that route see i I'm, I'm one of these people it doesn't matter if it's safety or it's corner like i'm one of these type of people it's like you draft the position that you want them drafted for you don't draft the guy and slot him to somewhere else i cannot stand that like, for, like this is the whole scenario with like I get the whole Tyler Smith pick. I get it, like, best player available. But what Tim said, like, said, Duron Brand, I'm like, if he, what is he? Is he, is he cornerback? Is he safety? Like, what was his position? Like, like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I just like, I like, I want, like, proper pure position of him playing that position for his professional career. Somewhere he actually is familiar with, he can actually play rather than trying to learn and develop. I'm, I'm just I'm one of these guys that just wants to instantly win, you know? Yeah. And, and and on the you know, on the Tyler Smith thing, at least they've got a history of pulling that one off. 
Yeah. You know, because Lyle Collins was probably the best guard we've seen since they moved him to tackle. They haven't, I think, found a player of his caliber. But yeah, they they haven't pulled it off so well uh, in the secondary. And I'm like you. I just hope they they do the right thing with the kid and give him a fair chance because I think if moving, especially when you're kind of a guy that's inherently on the bubble as a fifth round pick, uh, that's that just puts him in a disadvantage he shouldn't be at. It's it's an interesting way to operate. Certainly, you're right. The Cowboys have a history of success, though. Back to the Tyler Smith point, um, and I, I I'm just kind of like I, I I'm kind of sick of of like that credit going around to them. Like I don't I don't want to take it away from them, Paul. But right, like everyone's like, oh, they can do it. They've pulled this off. Like that is a really dangerous way to live and to operate. And I do worry that they look at what they've done with Terrence Steele over the last two years, and they say, we can take anybody. We can we can pull this undrafted fridge, and we can turn him into a viable starter, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, th- like, let's not take away from the talents they've drafted, the, you know, the Tyron Smiths, the Travis Fredericks, the Zach Martins. Like, they have landed these incredible players. They have all the, – I would say the only times they've pulled off flexibility have been, like – in sheer moments of panic when Travis Frederick had to miss the entire 2018 season and Joe Looney played center. I mean, when to your point, Tom, when Doug free decided to walk away and Lyle Collins suddenly had to play right tackle. Granted, that was kind of, you know, something they built towards, but I mean, they are not necessarily like, this isn't something you should pride yourself on being good at, you know, like, like to your point, Paul, you should just find dudes who play positions and then put them in that spot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the same with like said, Michael Parsons last year. We were shifting him to defensive end. Don't get me wrong. He, st- he did a good job. Yeah, he was getting reps during training that's, camp. But- that's Moinka's point in the chat. says, I don't care what position a player ends up playing. Just be productive. Some excel at different positions. Heard of Micah Parsons. To your point, Paul. Yeah. I mean, I mean Parsons is a linebacker. We know that. He's but- also a unicorn. Like, there are not, yeah, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> there are not he, he, that many people he, like that. Yeah, he, he is like a proper, like, creme de la creme pretty yeah. much out there. So... It's it's unsettling, isn't it, Tom? Like, And I think that, you know, without having or relitigating the same conversation over and over and over again, it does feel like the Cowboys are banking on some arrogance. Call it ignorance, but they're, they're, or maybe, maybe you want to call it confidence. But, like, you know, they are banking on their ability to do some things that are somewhat unlikely. Yeah, overconfidence, I think, is the way to look at it. They just – they see being – being successful in the past and miss all the times they weren't. And, you know, it's, uh, which is a natural human tendency, but you'd think running a multi-billion dollar sports franchise, you try to take care to be a little more self-interest or a little more introspective, self-critical and, and try to make sure you don't make those mistakes. And that that's obviously not in the Jones family DNA. So uh, that's that's just something. I just I do I do feel like this this year I'm looking at what they've done in the draft with a clearer eye myself than I have in the past, uh, and the fact that they picked 24th, that uh, they came up with a name that we weren't expecting, and just looking at what they did with some of the other players. I'm not going in expecting them to roll out four or five of these guys as starters right off the bat like we all seem to talk ourselves into. I don't think mm-hmm. these are all going to be fines. We know some are going to fail. I, I actually just have submitted a post trying to come up with a different kind of a grading system and, and understanding that some of these guys 
are not going to come out of the gate setting the world on fire, that doesn't mean they aren't going to be successful by the end of the season. We need to take more more patience. And some may be long-term payoffs. And we should expect at least a couple of them to, you know, get pushed off the roster and maybe onto the practice squad. That's just the nature of the beast when you've got, you know, five of your, your nine picks are after the fourth round uh, when you're you're really digging. I think that's well said, Tom. And that's why, like, I, I think there is there is a the camp of, like, everything the Cowboys do sucks, and I don't think that that's fair. And some of the, like, circumstances that they've been facing are a result of their success, right? Like picking 24th and like, getting wiped out at guard and getting wiped out at wide receiver. And I think that we're all willing to be forgiving of those things. It's, it's the flashing your draft board that you know it's it's those decisions it's you know it's taking a shot at taco charlton in your pre-draft press conference it's all those things that like you're doing that are making the situation that is already a little bit bad much much worse and you don't have to do those things and those things only exacerbate and and you know the cause and and kind of you know rile up the stir the circus of it all um and so like I, I, I thought, you know, Charles Robinson of Yahoo gave Blog on the Boys a shout out last week, Paul, um, when everybody was talking about the draft board, and he talked about it on his podcast, "You Pod to Win the Game," uh, which is is named after the the late great uh, Therese Paler, and he he was just like astounded. He was like, "Look, one team has their draft board leak in fifty years, and they make like a hundred changes. The Cowboys have had it happen four different times over the last decade. I mean, like it's it's just like a rite of passage at this point, and it's." I mean, maybe we are getting too worked up about it, but you would think that there would be some sort of adjustment. I mean, it's not like the other times, like this one is, is so frustrating because there wasn't this like slip up. There wasn't this, you know, thing that wasn't necessarily supposed to be seen that was seen. There was this purposeful, conscious decision to flash off the board, which again, just kind of reminds everyone, like get your popcorn, get your peanuts. We're at the circus. We're not, we're not at the opera. We're not at, at a Broadway show. We are at the circus. The elephants and tigers are coming out next. Yeah, I kind of feel like we were watching a remake, a really dodgy <laughs> remake. You know what I mean? So, like, it's like you expect to see all uh, all remakes. You expect to see the same grits and glamour, but no, it was like not what you expected. It was like lower grade, like in terms of. It didn't feel like a Cowboys draft without Jerry doing something or anything like that. But I don't know. But time will tell. Time will tell. Um, like Tom was saying there, like I think like with all these players and stuff that like we've drafted, and I, I think it's more of a patient game for this season coming ahead. Um, we just we, we need to kind of lower our expectations going into the season, especially what other NFC teams have done, like the Eagles. They like they. Well, I hate to admit this, they had a fantastic draft. I mean, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean. That's just two names off the board already, and. then brought in AJ Brown for part of a trade deal with the Titans. So does that. Um, Along those lines, uh, Paul, I want to ask you both a question. Um, Brandon Gatton from Bleeding Green Nation and I are going to put together an all NFC East team at some point this offseason on the NFC East mixtape. And last year when we did it, we did the wide receiver position. It was, you know, Amari's there, CeeDee Lamb is there, whatever. It's awesome. I think we had Terry McLaurin as the third wide receiver. The best receiver in the NFC East is AJ Brown. Or or Terry McLaurin, right? Like CD Lamb is third at best, right? Like at yeah. the absolute best, CD Lamb is the third best receiver in the whole division. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I can uh, I can uh, see uh, that he's got to work on his drops. Okay, so yeah. like if if we looked at the offense, right? Like that, if we if we built like an all NFC team, and again, uh, we'll do it on the mixtape uh, in a few weeks. But Dak is the quarterback, right? Tyron's yeah. the left tackle. Are we like 
sure, right? Or okay, we're taking Tyron and we're taking Zach Martin. That's it, though, right? Like we're not taking anybody else along the offensive line in, in the division. No, right. So you've got no. two, cow- you've got three Cowboys counting Dak. I mean, maybe CD again. If you're if you're taking three receivers, CD makes it, right? That's it, though, because like, Dallas Goddard is probably better. Like I think most people would take over Dalton Schultz. I mean, this is. It's it's a little bit humbling, and, and you said it, Paul. Like we have to recalibrate expectations. Like, do you yeah. think that's fair, Tom? And I I think it's so interesting, Tom, when um, you know Mark does such a great job at like reflecting on Cowboys history, and, and we've always talked about how the Cowboys have failed to live up to the hype after a year of success. And, and you look at all of of the last you know division title winning seasons: two thousand seven, two thousand and nine, two thousand and fourteen. 2016 2018 the next years after all five of those it was all right they're going to the super bowl they loaded up they did their thing like they're 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 improving upon last year i think the the highest the fever got was probably um probably in 2015 maybe 2016 if you extend it one more window before tony romo got hurt but they always collapsed right like they and sometimes they had unfortunate injuries like dak and things like that or romo whatever but like my point is the off seasons following Cowboys division championships have generally been filled with, all right, they're taking the next step. This time it, it's like the entire fan base is convinced, Tom, that they are regressing. This is very, very, very uncharted territory. Yeah. It, it and the regression, oddly enough, doesn't preclude them winning the NFC East because of the schedule they've got. And they've got the best quarterback. That's such a driving factor. That's the only thing that saves them, though. Yeah. It, well, uh, how many times would you say that with Romo? Uh, you know, that might, he might have been all that saved them a couple of times. That's so depressing, Tom. Thank yeah, you so much for that. But it's, you know, and it's interesting that nobody, you know, wants to throw Ezekiel Elliott out there, which is, there's a logic in that, though, because all of the things that we look at, uh, you know, we look at what the teams did in the draft, but the big thing we really look at is who were they at the end of the season last year? And if you go down just to the player specific, if you look at Ezekiel Elliott at the end of the season, no, he's not the best running back. If he is like he was the first three or four games before he fell on that stupid pylon, he's the best running back in the division. So part of it is we're not absolutely sure who's going to show up. Uh, will C.D. Lamb have the uh, the third year that a lot of wide receivers have where he kind of peaks, or is he going to continue to have his problems with drops and stuff like that that he or, or running the wrong route that seemed to happen too many times last season? Uh, will the communication get better with him and Dak? So there's a lot of unknown, and I kind of like the fact that the rampant optimism hasn't flared up uh because uh on the riled up podcast roy and i started talking about that a while back and roy kept saying you're going to get the excitement back you're going to get the excitement back and i keep going on every week saying no i haven't gotten the excitement back i'm interested in seeing what this team can do but i accept it's a wider range of outcomes and we've gone into those seasons like you said thinking the cowboys were set to take that next step do you agree with that, Paul? Like, it kind of feels like... Um... Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It, it kind of feels like those other division title winning seasons were like the first few seasons of Game of Thrones, right? Like after each one, it was like, can't wait for the next one. Can't wait for the next one. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And, right. And but last year's title or division title is like the penultimate season of Game of Thrones. It was kind of like, like, I know everybody feels like just the last season sucked. But I mean, the penultimate season was kind of, you know. It, it, you know, it's the, uh, rather the first half of the last season. So my point is that you can kind of sense it coming. Um, so to that point, I mean, do you feel like people are in that boat? Like, do you feel like people are, are like that this is natural? Or do you do you think that there is going to be a point? Because we're now past the draft. We got the schedule release. There's no real like checkpoint left after this. So yeah, like you got OTAs and mini camps, But like, if, if not now, what is the point that like, that the shoe drops that the cow the cowboys fans come back because they still haven't like I, I think jerry and co are probably like okay you guys are really holding out you're taking this seriously okay cool but you'll be back like wh- when do people come back and like yep cowboys went to the super bowl like there's some sector that will always feel that way but i mean or, or are people just permanently burned i think as much as i hate to say this it'll be game one if we win by dramatic fashion that's it like I think you're right. Like if they go out and they win like 37 to 13 or something like that. If it's it's against a really strong team, because they got to see how the schedule lines up. Because if if they go out and and, and whoop up on the Bears because for some unknowable reason they get scheduled them in the first week, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, And I'm going to be fighting that the whole way because we've seen the Cowboys – have these flares of, of what seemed like brilliance just come up and then lay an absolute egg the next week. And I'm trying to, to lock that stuff into my mindset. I, I'm I'm very I'm interested to see the season. It's not uh, it's not excited because they're gonna win. I'm really interested to see how this plays out and what works and what doesn't. And I think it's maybe a little more enjoyable because I don't have these expectations of could get dashed paul how do you feel I, yeah i completely agree like it's like every year we were like, especially last season we had a lot like we pretty, pretty much laid all the eggs in the basket saying we're pretty much trying to go for it excuse me like we we're trying to win for the goal for the super bowl but this year it's like yeah we lo- we knew players some certain players were going to get released or caught and stuff like that so we knew we knew we we're going to be redressed so and it's kind of hard to replace those ones. But for going ahead with this season, it's like, okay, we just kind of have to kind of play it by ear. 
lower expectations. We can't just go out and say, yeah, we've got the best team, which we it's really hard to judge right now because we just don't know where we are right now. So, yeah, it, it, I'm going to take it game by game. So Moinka says, yeah, let's pump the brakes on the excitement, manage your expectations game by game. And then Ethan, I think, like, that's that's the, like, that's our, our mindset, right? But we all will become emotionally swayed at a certain point. And I think Ethan hits this nail on the head, says, I'm still pissed off, but I can't hold a grudge come kickoff, right? Like, once the ball's in the air and the toe What's has that? met it, you know, it, like, everything's out the window. It's just, like, complete and total, pure, unadulterated fandom. Um, and, and I think that they're relying on that. But I do – there is this sense – and we keep talking about it, but like there is this sense of apathy. Um, this in no way means anything, but I did find this interesting. I don't know if you saw this, either of you. I, I tweeted about it earlier today, but on Monday, ESPN released their fantasy football rankings because the draft is over. And again, like fantasy football, real life football, totally different things. But I really do find this to be interesting. Um, so this is PPR scoring formats. Um, and again, these are their rankings in, you know, in May. But Dak Prescott comes in at QB9. Zeke Elliott comes in at RB20. Zeke Elliott viewed as the 20th best running back. And again, this is fantasy. And then there's, you know, so again, like it's all somewhat tongue, tongue in cheek, but like that is the perception, right? Like that, that and Tony Pollard's RB 33 in case anybody cares. The highest ranked cowboy is CeeDee Lamb. He's the seventh wide receiver. Dalton Schultz is also the seventh ranked tight end for what it's worth. Um, and to give full context to maybe how not great this uh, evaluation was, Chris Nagger is uh, the, is the 12th ranked kicker. Um, and so uh, he might not even wind up making the Cowboys team. Um, but I think that's part of it, Paul, is that like the main characters, so to speak, like if you consider this like a, a show like Game of Thrones, the main characters are kind of changing, right? Like the the main characters for anyone who's like been watching the show, so to speak, for the last few years, like you've got Dak and that's it. Like, you know, Zeke is kind of fading off. Amari's gone, you know, like Dalton Schultz is, Dalton Schultz is the new, like, um, who was the, 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 the woman in red? Like, that's who Dalton Schultz is like this big character that comes in. You have no idea, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, now you've got Tyler Smith, like, you know, Connor Williams is gone. Like even Jason Garrett's gone. Jason Garrett was like Rob Snow. He was around the entire time. And all of a sudden he's just gone. So like the, the thing, like the, even the show is changing, Paul. So it's difficult to, to like keep, emotional connection just off of that alone let alone the fact that the cowboys are also not having success i just love the fact you are using gamer for his characters to justify <laughs> it <laughs> it's just outstanding uh, uh but yeah it's I, I i completely get where you're coming from it, it i'll give seat the benefit of doubt more down to the fact that our all our, our central point of our all light has not been great since Fedrick has been been there uh, like since you've retired sure that's, that's a fact would i have something to do with it the fact that the a gaps are not getting like well is blocked or well communicated within the o-line possibly but i mean z does show up to camp in good condition i don't know if it, it is just down to mental block or it could be it is down to the o-line so not to kind of throw excuses left right and center here but it, it could be something but Tom, do you do you think? Sorry, Paul, but so I think we'll all admit, like maybe people are scoffing at the way ESPN has evaluated Zeke through the lens of fantasy. But however you feel about Zeke, I think we all agree there has been undeniable regression from Absolutely. from pe the peak version of who he is. Right? Like I think anybody, even the most like ardent Zeke supporter, Tom, would admit that. I think the most troubling detail of that 
isn't even his contract or anything like that. I think where we are all concerned and frustrated has nothing to do with Zeke, but it said he's not the same player that he once was, but that this coaching staff, or rather this team, will not adjust around that. He can still be a useful player who can contribute to you, but he cannot be this classic vintage Zeke, and they seem hell-bent on making him that player. And and yeah, arguably drafted to try and and double down on that. Ugh, that Tom, seems to be I'm the sure whole. Said that dude, man. That's yeah, so that depressing. seems to be the whole reason that Tyler Smith was was brought in oh. to give them a, a good run blocking uh, left guard. Uh, so yeah, I I agree though completely with you with your thing that I'm I'm a little disturbed by the mindset of this team. It, it's like the ghost of Jason Garrett still haunts the halls of the star. You know, telling them we're going to have a balanced running attack because that's important. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, Jason Garrett is the um, the hallway of what is it like? Was the Game of Thrones the hallway of no faces? The, the, like the, that's that's Jason Garrett um, where uh, where Arya Stark was uh, like learning the yeah. the like whatever technique it was. Um, wow, that was super depressing. Um, uh, well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what the red wedding for me was for. Jason Garrett was that fourth and one where he punched the ball against the Houston Texans back in 2018. Across the 50-yard line. That was yeah. uh, a good time. Thank you for reminding us all of that, um, <laughs> yeah. Paul. Appreciate I, that. I thought, I thought I'd just join in the references, my friend. <laughs> so, okay, then we've been really negative. So what's there to feel positive about? Like Micah, Dak, Jalen Tolbert, CD. Because that's the other thing, like, CD, yeah. CD is, is wide receiver seven. And this is fantasy. So, like, some of this is that, like, the volume is going to be ridiculous for CD with Amari Cooper out of the fold. Do we really buy that, Tom? Like, do we really think that, like, this is the third the third year for the last 88? Dez was the, like, incredible 2012 season uh, where he blew up. I mean, Dez was a monster. That began the ascension that we saw for the next, um, you know, two years after. Um do, like, are you buying that? Do you buy that stock, or do, are you kind of like wait and see? Like, do you not trust the offense to necessarily lean that direction? Oh, I don't. I don't think they will because just like with the idea of having the balanced offensive attack, I think Kellen Moore is really big on spreading it around. And and then there's the the other factor that that especially to start the season, uh, Lamb is going to be the guy that everybody's trying to take out of their offense. You know, they know he's going to be their 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 main target, and they're going to try to stop him from getting the ball, which is going to force Dak to find other receivers. So uh, from a production standpoint, I don't think he's going to just run away with a lot of things. And they're going to if they're going to be successful, they're going to have to get some more production from Tolbert or Washington and hope Gallup doesn't take too long coming back and is still able to play at a good level when he gets back on the field. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't really think that, uh, I think there's a reason to kind of think that Lamb is not going to be a good fantasy target. And it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out as far as overall team success, which Uh, may be why they're trying to get the running game going again. I don't know. Paul, I don't mean to steer back negative, uh, but I thought we uh, – so Kelsey Charles had Jane Slater on Girls Talking Boys on our podcast network last Friday. Very, very good conversation. Certainly encourage everybody to go back in our podcast network and listen to that. And Jane said something, and I don't want to read too much into this comment, um, but, you know, Tom mentioned James Washington right now, and James is like the forgotten player. Like, like, like yeah. nobody mentions James Washington's name whatsoever when we talk about the Cowboys. That has never been the case. He was the first external free agent signed this offseason. But something that Jane mentioned when she was talking about the wide receiver position, because they were talking about 
talking about the draft and Jalen Tober and everything. And she said if he makes the team. And I, I, again, I'm not trying to like read into James like, oh, whoa, James Washington might not make the team. But like that at least exists in the realm of possibilities. And so if he doesn't make the team, all of a sudden, like I actually kind of think that would be a good thing, Paul. And I say that not to speak ill of James Washington, but that would suggest, wouldn't it, Paul, that Jalen Tobert is just balling out of his absolute mind and that Dallas believes that he can be a legitimate compliment to CeeDee Lamb, at least in the interim, while Michael Gallup's out, and then, of course, be the third piece once they're all back and operating out of 11 personnel. Absolutely. I mean, Jalen Tobert, I mean, I, I expected him to go in the second round, for example, but we ended up getting the third. I think he will be that missing piece that people will just not expect like like we will have that low expectation of him but i think he'll make a really good contribution to the dallas cowboys wide receiver tour and not to mention as well you looking at the undrafted free agents we brought in what it needs to say is like one of these guys like i'm just trying to name ball one of them actually uh like fry yeah like don talia drummond from ollie miss for example like who knows? He could be the Cedric Wilson replacement. Who knows? Or, or be... Simi Fajoko could take a step. Yeah, oh, in absolutely. Here too. absolutely. Right, yeah. There you go. So, like, and with a number of guys we brought in from undrafted free agents, it's like it's going to be a good, quite interesting camp where it comes to the wide receiver core. I, I think. Do you agree, Tom, with what we kind of laid out that James Washington getting cut would suggest that other players are stepping up in the way we want? Again, we hope the best for everybody involved here, but mm-hmm. that would. That would seemingly be a good sign for the rest of the group. Yeah, uh, you know, getting the old Ha Ha Clinton Dix treatment uh, could Ooh. very well happen wow. to him. Uh, you know, because of course, you know, we all were looking at the old Ha Ha Clinton Dix, and that was not at all what the Cowboys had. Uh, Washington never had that much of a reputation, so this is actually him trying to take a step up himself, and, and you know, it's certainly going to be an interesting competition, but. Um, yeah, and, and I wonder, you know, Stephen Jones keeps saying they're not done in free agency, and there's still some the, – the Cowboys could at least inspire a little bit of confidence back if they went out and made a good signing or two, but I – I don't I think it's. So I, I think that's. I think that's speaking like being way too kind. I don't think that's confidence. I think that's like a little kid coming and saying, "I like, clean my room." It's like, okay, yeah. you, did, you did this bare minimum thing. Like, okay, cool, um, good for you. Um, do you think they're they're done, Paul? Again, they have ninety one players on their roster. Like, you know, like who who's who's hanging out? Like, there, there was the Jason Pierre Paul rumblings at the beginning of free agency. They never really made a move there to you know a degree that it got hot, and then they drafted D Williams, of course. Um, and then earlier this week, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler noted that they might be out of the running there. So, like, who else is left? Like, what what other position are they going to address? You know, swing tackle because they still don't kind of have one. I mean, well, Matt Lewitsko, like the the guy we brought in the fourth round. If, if that's their plan for a swing tackle, knowing the situation with Tyron Smith, then they deserve all of the criticism they've gotten this offseason. I mean. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I still feel as though we still need to kind of like get more depth in the O line. Like we did address center on undrafted free agency. Like we got uh, Lindstrom in. We mm-hmm. got another center from BYU. Can't remember his name at the top of my head, but um, yeah. I mean, free agents wise, I mean, where was the the, the Cleveland Browns uh, guard? It just got let go. Um, he's still available out there. Like. People have been calling his name to get signed up. He would have, he would have been bringing some experience to the O line as well, and 
I think his actual PFF grade, and I know people can criticize PFF, but his grade is actually quite reasonable high high up there. So I don't see that why not. Like we've got all that draft capital now. Well, no draft capital if a cap money, sorry. Uh because obviously with the whole Randy Gregory scenario, we've kind of managed to free up so much space now. So I don't see why not. But in terms of answer to your question, I think we do well need to address more players still on free agency because there will be some players that will be getting cut. We'll probably get bring them in potentially like i mean there was the whole malik cooker he came in later on like during camp as well so i think there will be um more additions to come in the future mm. tom what position are the cowboys going to address in free agency do you guarantee guarantee i ain't guaranteeing anything this is stephen jones we're talking about <laughs> uh the the line does seem to be a place where they could get some Good veteran insurance because that's what they're looking for. If if Plan A, which is to to make what they've got now, doesn't work, uh, then they need to have a Plan B, and they could do that with a free agent signing or two. Uh, you know, and and if they've got there's some other places, I, I and I wouldn't be averse to them signing a wide receiver under the same. Uh, logic let's just get somebody in there in case these other bodies just don't work out like that's the thing like you right now you know like we have no i i will say and again i'm not trying to be negative here but they're already being very cautious when they talk about michael gallup right like they're they're already saying he's going to miss a couple of games so like they're they're right now they're leaning on the like optimistic side you know what I mean, of, of their projection. So what's the pessimistic side? Like, you know, like, is he out, like, half the season? So if you need somebody else, like, go get Julio Jones. Like, go go get go get Jarvis Lane. I would love to get Julio. Like, they don't have a weapon like that. They don't have a throw it up in the end zone, let, like, old school Dez climb the ladder, go up and get it. Go get Julio Jones for that, and we'll forgive a lot of things. Is that fair, Paul? Maybe not a lot of things, but we'll forgive, like, 1% of things. <laughs> from a marketing perspective it would make sense it sells t-shirts but the thing julio well like because they didn't and it's not their fault but like they didn't get trailing burks like, like they got wiped out at wide receiver and again that's yeah. like totally fine i have no issue with you getting wiped out like you had the 24th overall pick but like double like like hedge your bet you know what i mean like that's what we're waiting like they have not hedged a single bet they're, they're they've bought 500 different lottery tickets and they're banking on all of them hitting they have no hedging going on here yeah, it literally feels like a roulette table as well, doesn't it? Oh, dear. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. the, the hedging their bets is exactly it. They, they are not doing that. They still have a chance to do it. Uh, and that it would make me feel like they're at least paying attention. If they I did. See, like, I think that's a step too far. Like, I, I just, I really just need them. I need to feel like they care. Like that's that's the bare minimum for me. Like you're you're going a little bit farther than I. I don't even need that. You know what I mean? Just just show show me you care. Show me you're aware of what's happening. And and that's then then I'll come right. back. Yeah, you that's know? what I said. That at least show they're paying attention. You know that they're looking at what's happening, what they've got on their roster, and the possible pitfalls. And right now they just they're not showing any sign of recognizing some of the ways this could go south on them. As we close, uh, I would like one final statement. It can be a statement. It can be a declaration. It can be a question from each Tom and Paul, and we'll take one. So whoever comments the statement slash question speaks on behalf of the entire group that's with us live. Um, so, Paul, you can go first. Your statement, question, just how you're feeling, whatever you want to say. It's your moment. Oh, Danny Phantom, by the way, will not be joining us because he's um, 
in the comment section. So, ah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think my comment will be is to just to lower our expectations and just basically take it step by step. That's it. Mm. Like, like, and just, just try and enjoy it. Hopefully, it will be something promising in the future. Yeah, patience is a virtue. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull the comment from the feed now. Um, I like Ethan's a lot. Ethan says, I've tried to convince myself all off season. This is addition by subtraction. Kind of like your point, Paul. I think we're all trying to convince ourselves yeah. that, that we are the exception, right? Like, oh yeah, every other defense, you know, that's great regresses, but this will be the one, you know, like yeah, Tyler Smith, you know, was evaluated as, as somebody who would need a lot of work, but like this will be the one time that everybody was like, we are banking on being the exception. We are convincing ourselves that we are the exception. We're banking us being like a similar situation as Travis Frederick 2.0. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what what it feels like to me, and nobody in the world except for me will understand this, uh, which is a great thing to say out loud. Um, so I'm of the age that Power Rangers were like a thing when I was growing up, obviously. And I was a little kid. I mean, I might have been like six or seven years old. Um, I put something in the microwave to warm up, right? I did not. I mean, I'm, everything was fine. I did not know at the time that you're not supposed to put tinfoil in the microwave, right? And so, so I uh, I put it in and there were like blue little lightning strikes, like, or like, you know, like spurts, right? Yeah. And I was watching it like, you know, which again, in hindsight was rather dangerous. Uh, but again, everything worked out, like nothing blew up or anything. But I was watching it and I was convinced in my six-year-old mind that like, I was becoming a Power Ranger. That like, <laughs> like, the, like the the blue lightning was like, you know, um, like about to give me my like Power Ranger powers. Um, so like, I really, really thought that that's what was happening. This Cowboys offseason kind of feels like that to me. Hey, I need to ask you this one. Did you actually go up to the microwave and say that it's morphing time? And I did not. Um, <laughs> but um, but I really, really thought that. I really like, we've all, you know, when we were all little kids, we all had thoughts like that. Like, I, I was convinced. I was like, this is it. Like, this is the moment. Like, I'm, you know, like Zordon's about to hit me up. Like, I got this. So, um, but anyway, uh, Tom, what is, uh, that was my declaration. Uh, Tom, what is yours? <laughs> well, I just, I just want to say, the, as you said, the one thing the Cowboys have is a big plus is Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. And for the rest of the offseason, whatever they do, don't let him get in the car with Jerry Jones. Mm. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, anyway, okay. Uh, Moinka says, go, go Power Rangers. Ha -ha. Thank you very much uh, to everybody. Moinka also said that Paul has never made a random noise. So um, right on. Okay, well, um, the schedule's coming out. I guess last thing, um, I've already you know made some schedule predictions. Uh, I know we've had a lot of content around the schedule on the podcast network, but... Um, give us one schedule prediction, Tom, and then one schedule prediction, Paul. It could be Thanksgiving opener, final game, one primetime game, like anything you want, but give us something relative to the schedule that is absolutely going to be the case. By the way, it was announced today uh, that Tom Brady is the future top analyst for Fox, which means he is going to be in our lives a lot since the Dallas Cowboys play a ton of games on Fox. But Tom, your prediction. Oh, crap. I don't have the uh, home and away games. Uh, I tweeted it out a little while ago if you want to go look that up. And Paul will nobly, while you take your time to do that, yeah. go with his prediction. I'm going to say Bengals at home is going to be the home opener. You think Bengals are the home opener? Mm-hmm. It's bold. Okay. I like it. Lyle versus Tank. Okay. Yep. 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 Mine, uh, as I buy Tom more time. Uh, because was... my computer's slow. Well, mine was uh, was, and this isn't like 
you know, super original, uh, but is the Buccaneers on Thanksgiving. But because oh. th- this year's Thanksgiving Day game for the Cowboys is on Fox, and that is Fox's biggest regular season game of the year. So they can do like a big old, it's a, it's a huge pregame show. They can do a lot of like Tom Brady's, our future color analysts, like stuff, blah, 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 whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Buccaneers on Thanksgiving is my prediction. Tom. That's a, that's a good show. I, th- I think an absolute lock is they're going to be trying to figure out the races at the end of the season and the Cowboys will close against the Eagles. I hope not. I mean, like I was um, spoiler alert. We already recorded the NFC's mixtape that goes out on Wednesday. And I don't know if y'all realize this or not. Uh, Brandon and I talked about this. The Cowboys haven't played a significant game in Philadelphia in a really long time. Like, so think about this. Um, and yeah. really the whole Dak era. So 2016, the game in Philly was week 17, and Dallas had locked up the one seed. It was insignificant. It was Tony Romo's last career touchdown, though. Um, I mean, whatever. But 2017, the game in Philly was week 17, and Philly had locked up the one seed, and it was an insignificant contest for them. 2018, it was significant. It was Sunday Night Football. Leighton Vander Esch had the interception. Jeff Heath stopped Zach Ertz. That was a great game. Uh, but 2019... Yeah, it was kind of for the division, but Dak had the shoulder thing. Like, it didn't really have the juice that we wanted it to. It was really – and Garrett was kind of on his last, you know, wheels. It, it was just not fun. 2020 was the Ben DiNucci game. And then last year was week 17 when all the Cowboys did was go get a bunch of records. So, like, it's been a long time, Paul, since we had a game in Philly mean something. So, don't put it in week 17 is the point. Yeah, but if- – I would not be surprised they'll just do it again, though. It just seems to be like mind years ago. It always used to be the Giants was the home game opener. Like that, I'm fine with that. Bring it back. Like, like bring bring that back. Giants Cowboys Week One. Let's do it. You know. Yeah. Why not? Um, okay. I uh, actually my actual last question is I uh, I am on the clock in my dynasty league. Should I take Alec Pierce or Trey McBride? Does anybody have any thoughts on this? <sighs> Alec Pierce. Well, I think so. I do have Dalton Schultz, so I am set at tight end for a little while. And my receivers are pretty stacked. I've got CD, Amari, and so I benefited from the trade. Um, Jamar Chase, and I just drafted Jamison Williams. So, Ooh. Oh, now that you mentioned that, then we're brave then. <laughs> I already took Alec Pierce, Paul, so thank you for making me feel better about it. But anyway. Um, <laughs> well, that's decided, so I don't have to express my ignorance. Danny Phantom says, said Alec Pierce, uh, but a lot of you said McBride. I'll, you know, I'll trade back up. Okay, McBride. So. Um, okay. Uh, the Random noise was said a lot uh, in the chat. So, Tom, the people have demanded you to make a random noise that lasts at least four seconds before we leave. The floor is yours. Uh, Shout out Leighton Van Der Esch. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters 
It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.